How can we help our children and grandchildren handle the frustrating emotions we have in life? Find out in our conversation with inspirational author Max Lucado on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs, joining you with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we are honored to be with you today. It's no secret that children have faced many emotional challenges over the past year. Often separated from friends or loved ones due to the pandemic, emotions such as sadness, loneliness, and doubt can overwhelm those we love. To help, best-selling inspirational author Max Lucado joins us today. You are probably already familiar with Max through his more than 140 million products in print, including more than 130 million copies of his books. Max also serves as teaching minister at Oak Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas, and he joins us today to talk about his latest children's book with his daughter with the title, Where'd My Giggle Go? Max, welcome to A View from the Wall. Well, thank you. It's really, really a treat to talk to you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you with us today, and you've taught several messages recently with titles that I love to hear. Uh, For example, God Loves the Doubter, God Loves Prodigals, God Loves the Fearful, and the one I personally love the most, God of the Second Chance. As we start today, are people facing more challenges to their faith recently? And if so, what can they do to help? Well, we're, we're more unsettled today than we've been uh, in the last 50 years, only 14% of Americans are describing themselves as very happy. That's down from 31% uh, just two years ago. Uh, we're twice as lonely now as we were prior to the pandemic. Uh, we're less optimistic. Uh, and most alarming is the absence of peace among young people. 91% of people born since 1996 uh, reported the symptoms of depression and anxiety. The, the American Psychological Association said this is the worst mental health of any generation. So this is really a challenge. Of course, we were facing a challenge pre-pandemic. The pandemic uh, revealed the frailty that we already felt, but then also exacerbated it. And so we're going to come out of the pandemic with what the British Psychological Association called the worst mental health challenge than we've had since World War II. About 10 million people are going to be battling the effects of this, and about 1.5 million of them are going to be children. Max, we'll talk about your other book more in the second segment, but you wrote a book that came out in the fall of 2020 called You Are Never Alone, which is a great resource for a lot of people going through exactly what you're describing here. How can people get a copy of that book and what will they find in that book? Well, everything is, is at maxlocato.com, so they can just go to my website or to Amazon. Uh, it's good for us to support our our local bookstores, too, they've really taken it on the chin. So if they have one in your neighborhood, uh, just drop in there and you'll find a lot of great resources. You know, the, the whole idea of loneliness, uh, this sense that not only do I am I alone physically, but I am alone emotionally. 
that it's all up to me to face my challenges. There's basically two worldviews. I know there's variations of them all, but there's basically two. One that says it's just up to you to fix yourself. The other says it's up to God to call and care for you. The Christian worldview says that God is alive and well, and that he made himself visible in the form of Jesus Christ. And we know how he is and who he is. Not only that, that he's still here in the form of his Holy Spirit. And, and, and this idea that we're never alone is, is at the heart of the Christian gospel. And it's so, so desperately, so desperately needed today. Uh, pull any self-help book down off the shelf. And basically it says, dig deep. But the Christian worldview says, look up, uh, that there's help from an outside source. And that's why this promise, you are never alone is so very, very needed and valuable. Well, that's so well said, Max. And you've done a great job articulating that in many of your best-selling books over the years, as well as your children's books. Uh, you have this new one coming out, Where'd My Giggle Go? And we'll talk more about it in the next segment, but give us a brief introduction to this new title. Where'd My Giggle Go? is a, is, is a tool to help parents help their kids. You know, we all lose our giggle every now and then. Right. Uh, not just kids. But, but Where'd My Giggle Go helps parents have a vocabulary and a strategy with which to help their kids get out of the grumps. Oh, that's great. And like you said, it's not for kids. It's uh, for adults, too. Many times we go through those difficulties where we need to be reminded of the joy that we have in living for God. And talk a little bit about what that has been like in ministering to people recently during the pandemic. Well, people really have been caught off guard uh, because of the of the pandemic. You think about it we 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 were laid low. We were we were rendered useless and helpless all by a microscopic virus. Uh, we we were told we couldn't leave our houses. If we did, we had to wear a mask. We couldn't go to schools. Couldn't go places of worship. I mean, it's like the world came to a screeching halt all because of a bug that none of us could see. That's a reminder of how frail we are. Uh, it, it, it's, it's almost as if God permits these reminders that are intended to take the swagger out of our step. Uh, we, needed, we needed some humility. And, uh, and uh, boy, we've sure been given a severe dose of it over the last 18 months. Uh, We certainly have, and that's an amazing reminder. We're going to take just a quick break, but stay with us. We'll be back with more with Max Lucado today on A View from the Wall. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus shared a message to seven churches. When John wrote the book of Revelation, there were about 100 churches in Greater Asia. Why these seven churches? These churches were not the largest or most notable. Two of the seven had grave issues. Many believe Jesus chose to speak to these churches because their location and ministry are representative of both future periods of church history and the major issues individuals and churches struggle with today. If you would like to learn more about the Lord's timeless message to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, then visit imawatchman.com and type churches in the search bar at the top right of the homepage. That's churches in the search bar to access the multi-part study. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. imawatchman.com
Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As we continue our conversation with pastor and best-selling author Max Lucado, we want to share the story behind his new children's book, Where'd My Giggle Go? Max, you've written other children's books before. What is unique about Where'd My Giggle Go? And what can we expect to see as we flip through its pages today? You know, this is, this. you're right, I've written a lot of children's books. This is the first one I've written as a grandparent. Hmm. Uh, my my grandchildren are six and three. Uh, I you know as as I was spending a lot of time with our grandchildren, uh, you know I saw what all parents and grandparents and caretakers see, and that is that kids get into foul moods. Uh, and and unlike grownups, children don't quite know what to do with those foul moods. Uh, they don't know why they're in a grumpy mood. They don't know how to get out of it. And so uh, we created this little story to use with our grandchildren, and it worked so well that I turned it into a book. And that is to ask the question, where did my giggle go? It's basically giving children a vocabulary with which to deal with uh, these sour spirits or bad attitudes. The opening line is, I woke up this morning with a frown on my face. I looked for my smile. I looked all over the place. I looked high, I looked low, I looked out in the snow. Can somebody tell me, where'd my giggle go? What we're doing with these kind of verses, with these kind of stories, is giving little children some language. Now I can tell my grandchildren, or I can ask my grandchildren, what happened to your giggle? Where'd your giggle go? And and we're speaking the same language. I don't think it's appropriate or helpful to tell children you need to have a better attitude. Uh, you shouldn't feel this way. And, you know, bless their heart, they don't know what an attitude means, and they don't know why they feel this way. But if we can give children a vocabulary, giggle, grumps, uh, cloudy days, you know, just something to help them uh, face these emotions, uh, then, we're, then we're, we're creating a language, a vernacular with which we can work. And once we've done that, we can create an exit strategy. In this story about where my giggle go, the little boy is looking for his giggle. He can't find it anywhere. It's not at the circus. He's not with the baker. It's not with the band. He's looking everywhere, but nobody has his giggle. And finally, it dawns on him that he can find, maybe he can find his giggle by giving other people theirs. Uh, this is a biblical principle. You know, blessed, it's more blessed to give than receive. So he begins giving giggles. He begins causing other kids to laugh, playing Frisbee, helping somebody find their cat. And little by little, he feels his giggle, you know, rise up from deep within him and, uh, and his giggle returns. And so he learns a lesson. And that's a lesson that, that we hope our, our children will learn. And that is just because we're in a slump, we don't have to stay there. Max, you cover most of the major emotions that children experience in Where'd My Giggle Go? Talk about that range of emotions and why you felt like it's important to include all of them in the book. Well, all of our emotions are interrelated, right? I mean, every emotion is a cousin of the other. Uh, Anger is closely related to guilt. Uh, Sadness is closely related to anger. Uh, uh, Anxiety. Is, is difficult sometimes to differentiate between anxiety and fear. I know we have our clinical definitions, but, but it's not like, you know, you can just really tell one from the other. 
And so in the book, I thought it would just be helpful to try to leave the child with the impression that just because you feel an emotion, that doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Just because you have an emotion you don't want doesn't mean that you're an undesirable child. Uh, and so uh, by, by writing a book that it was an umbrella that encompassed a variety of emotions, I was hoping that we'd have the opportunity to help people uh, to see this. Now, again, grown-ups need this reminder as well, uh, especially, for example, in the case of, of anxiety. Anxiety just comes with life. It does. And for us to leave the impression that if you have anxiety in your life, you're, you're less of a human or less of a Christian, that's just simply not the case. Anxiety comes with life. It just doesn't have to dominate life. That's good. And uh, 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 we don't need to beat ourselves up for feeling emotions, uh, but we just need to try to, in the power of the Spirit, learn to manage our emotions. Well, and that's so important because if we're told in our culture that if you're not happy, that somehow you're not normal or there is something wrong with you. Uh, we even tend to sometimes medicate emotions rather than face them. Uh, as we look at practical applications, what are some of the things you suggest to those who are dealing with feelings of sadness or discouragement? Well, again, first of all, uh, the fact that you have an emotion is simply the fact that you're a human being. That's all it means. Yes. It doesn't mean that you're emotionally deprived, that you're demon-possessed, doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. Everybody has emotions. Some emotions we want, some emotions we don't. So the fact that you have emotions is not anything to overreact to. So don't be anxious about feeling anxious. <laughs> the, the key is to not allow yourself to be controlled by your emotions. Uh, receive what good that emotion brings, and then learn to navigate your way out of its uh, counterfeit. For example, let me give you an example. Uh, guilt. Sure. Guilt is a, an emotion that we feel when we know we've made a mistake or, or done something inappropriate. Uh, guilt is a God-given gift to cause us to awaken to the fact that we have misbehaved. But it is one thing to say, I did bad. It is something else entirely to say, I am bad. That's called shame, shame. And so, uh, biblically speaking, we interrupt the emotion of guilt before it turns into shame. Now, Satan is ever off stage just waiting for the opportunity to take what is God-given guilt that is meant to bring about a change in our lives, bring about repentance, uh, and turn it into shame. And here's where we have to really turn to our Heavenly Father for help. Whenever we begin to move from I did bad to I am bad, we turn then to our Heavenly Father and we say, Lord, is this from you? Is this from you? And his answer will be no. It'll be no. But that's where we step in. So when I talk about managing emotions, uh, I'm talking about receiving divinely destined good out of that emotion. Another example is anxiety. Uh, anxiety in limited doses is good for us. It causes us to manage our finances so we don't we we don't go broke. It causes us to to not wander into a dangerous neighborhood uh, at a, at a bad hour of the night. You know we we should be anxious about certain things. We just don't remain anxious. We don't live in a state of anxiety. We let fear, let anxiety do its work, uh, and then we manage that emotion. Uh, by turning to your Heavenly Father in prayer. Be anxious for nothing, 
but in prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let all your requests be made known to God. We don't allow ourselves to be stuck in a season of extended anxiety. So that's what I mean when I talk about managing our emotions. Well, that's such a good way to put it. And you're listening to Max Lucchetti. We'll be back in a moment for more right after this break on A View from the Wall. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall and our inspiring conversation with best-selling author Max Lucado. We've been blessed with some encouraging and biblical advice to face the challenges of our times, and many of us certainly need that today. We often discuss Bible prophecy on this program, so we notice when others speak on the last days. So Max, in this segment, uh, we want to mention that you've preached a message recently called The Next Big Event in History. Take a moment to talk about what questions people are asking about the last days as you minister to them today. Yeah, well, what a great opportunity to talk about end times. Uh, Like everybody else, I'm fascinated with what we're seeing in the world. I'm fascinated with what might be coming next in the world. Uh, in my life, I have I have moved uh, from being what we call an amillennialist to becoming a premillennialist. Uh, for many years of my life, I believed that the next big event would be the final coming of Christ. Uh, I have come to take a more literal understanding of Scripture and believe that there's literally going to be a millennial kingdom a thousand-year reign of Christ. Uh, And this thousand-year reign of Christ is going to be to provide an opportunity for what God intended for the Garden of Eden to be. And he's going to establish himself in Jerusalem and oversee the entire world for a thousand years. Now, I know that not everybody uh, sees Scripture that literally, but I've come to believe that the book of Revelation describes this thousand-year reign of Christ. And I also think that the scriptures speak to the fact that the Christians are going to be uh, spared going through a seven-year tribulation that will lead into the thousand-year reign of Christ. And this sparing or this this rescue uh, is called the rapture. And uh, so I believe the next big event in history is going to be a rapture of the saints. And that could happen at any moment. It could happen at any moment. And it could happen before our interview is over. And uh, Christ is going to call us right into his presence. And we will enjoy the, the wedding supper of the Lamb. Uh, we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. will be declared innocent in Him. And then we'll return with Him uh, to be a part of that thousand-year reign at the end of those seven years 
we will not have to go through that tribulation. We'll come at the end of that tribulation. So that's just what I think is going to happen. Maybe sometime when we have a whole interview, we can open up scriptures and see why we uh, many of us believe that. Uh, I, 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 I believe that uh, God-fearing people are all millennialists, post-millennialists, pre-millennialists. I believe that nobody's got it all figured out. And the most popular cafe in heaven is going to be, oh, I had that one wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I, I'm very excited about what, what's about to happen. Right. Well, one thing that I appreciate uh, from your words, it reminds me of 1 Thessalonians 4, because there are so many people who have fear when they talk about the last days. But if you look at that passage, it talks about Christ coming in the future at any moment, like you mentioned. But at the end of those words, it says, encourage one another with these words. And I want to encourage our listeners today that this is something that shouldn't be scary. This is something that should strengthen us in our faith and inspire us to live more boldly for Christ in these last days. Max, a couple themes show up repeatedly in your books, and, and you can't get away from encouragement and hope if you read anything that you've written. Many who listen to our program are watchmen and women. They seek to watch, warn, witness, and finish well in these last days. Speak just a couple words of encouragement and hope to that group of people who are looking up, looking forward, and living the best they can in these last days. First of all, thank you. Thank you, because you are men and women of intercession. You are watchmen and watchwomen on the wall, and we need you. We need you to stand in the breach for all of us. I'm so grateful for those prayer warriors, intercessors that I have known throughout all the years. And, and, and when they say, Max, we're praying for you, that means everything, because sometimes, oftentimes, my own personal prayer life is not what I hope it would be. And I'm so very, very grateful for people who, whose communion with Christ is so rich, and they remember uh, all of us before the throne room of heaven. And so thank you all so very, very much. Uh, and I, I know also when we get to heaven, we'll realize that, that it was because of the prayers of others that any of us made any difference. And so keep up the good work. And I love that part of your purpose statement that says we're going to finish well. Uh, I'm 66. Uh, I've entered the ministry in 1979. And so I've been at it for a lot, many, many years. And I know how challenging it is to finish well. Uh, but I want to. I really do. I want to finish well. I'm so very grateful that the Lord has protected me uh, for these decades, uh, that, that he spared me a major uh, moral or financial uh, infidelity or crisis. But also realize that the devil is ever around the corner and that we can't let our guard down. And so I'm very, very grateful to all of you who pray. And may the Lord keep you strong. May he, may he keep you on your knees. May you be one of those, unlike Peter, James, and John, who fell asleep <laughs> in the garden. May you stay awake and keep praying because we desperately need your intercession. Well, thank you for that powerful reminder. In our last couple of minutes together, that's a good encouragement for us to end our program today on a moment of prayer. And if you wouldn't mind, if you could take just a couple of minutes just to pray for those who are listening and just to pray a blessing on those who are uh, joining us today. Well, may the Lord bless you. May he bless you. May he give you favor. May he grant you with help, with prosperity and strength. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he wrap his arms around you, 
holds you close to himself. And he build a hedge around you, just like the shepherds would their flocks of old in the ancient days, and they would build that fence or that bush, create a bush, a hedge of protection. May he keep you. May he keep you. May he let his face shine upon you. May you sense his favor, his smile. May you see the love in his eyes. May you, may you sense his inclining ear. May his countenance, his, his joy fall upon you in these very, very dark days. And then lastly, may he just give you peace. May he give you peace. May he give you peace with him. May you not doubt his love for you. May you not question his plan for you. May you not second guess his commitment to you. May you have peace with him. And then may you have peace within. Um, may you be at peace with pain that comes your way. Peace with the passing from this life into the next. May you have peace even with your problems, with your, with your questions. May you be at peace. And then may you be at peace with others. Oh, great Lord, grant that we can be people whose gentleness is known and seen by all. Lord, let your blessings be upon this wonderful ministry of all these who, who minister to so many. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Max, thanks again for being with us on A View from the Wall today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It's a great privilege. You've been listening to Max Lucado today. And for more information about his ministry or to pick up his book, you can find that at maxlucado.com. Again, maxlucado.com. We want to thank you for joining us today here on A View from the Wall and encourage you to listen again at iamawatchman.com where you can sign up for the latest e-newsletter, download a free ebook, and enjoy our other resources to help you in your spiritual journey. We also appreciate your prayers and support to help us serve you and others. Join us next time here on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.